Hello and welcome back to QC Uncut, uncut, unedited, uncensored conversation with local newsmakers. My guest today is Thurgood Brooks, who is going to be running for Rock Island Mayor. Um, Thurgood is actually the son of one of uh, my previous guests, Terry Brooks, who also ran for mayor last time around. And I think... He is actually, this is the first time ever that I've had uh, father and son both on the podcast. So, Thurgood, thanks very much for being a guest on the show. No, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Sure thing. Um, let's talk a little bit about uh, why are you running? What led you to this decision? Um, well, a, a lot led to this, Sean. Um, this, this, wasn't, this isn't a, uh, a knee-jerk reaction uh reactionary uh, decision um besides the fact that i believe i'm the best person for this job at this time um i have been uh i've been i've been involved in this work all my life um and by that i mean i've been around uh not only the this community um but um I've, I've been working and serving people um, in, 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 in all my life. Mm-hmm. And so uh, my first professional job uh, was, at, was at the summer day camp at the Martin Luther King Center yeah. in Rock Island. Um, and I worked there um, for about eight summers. And I did that even through the summers where I was off um, in college. As a, and I played football in college. And so if you don't think about um, athletics, especially in college, summertime is a very important time. Right. Um, and so I would take, I sacrificed, uh, you know, my athletic uh, potential achievements or uh, position, stability, however you want to classify it, um, because of how important um, going back home and working at that day camp was. And it wasn't because I was getting paid uh, it wasn't because I was just working with kids or at home for the summer um, alone, but it was because I um, understood the impact that someone like myself um, brought uh, to um, the, the population that I had influence over at, at that time, right? And it also, I knew that it would be big, big, bigger for me and more uh, and beneficial for me um, to where I would be going um, as an adult, um, so to speak. And so I, um, in school, I, I studied uh, history and political science in school. Uh-huh. Um, uh, I can remember back, and I'm going to jump over a little bit here, Sean, but oh, sure. um, when, I was, when I was in sixth grade, uh, that was my first noticeable civic duty um, that I didn't even realize at the time was something I was felt compelled to do. Mm-hmm. Um, was uh, I went before the Rock Island School District uh, School Board because they were proposing to close down my elementary school at the time. Right. And so I uh, didn't agree for several different reasons, but I didn't understand at the time that sixth graders didn't, didn't typically do those sort of things. Mm-hmm. I just realized that it was something that I thought that all my classmates, we felt, we, we talked about, we expressed within ourselves that I felt that it was that the people who made decisions didn't understand how we felt. Right. And so, um, while we weren't successful, so to speak, in that endeavor, um, I felt, even at that young age, in that my 
uh-huh. um, that feeling, um, I still, that, that motivated me and, and inspired me uh, more than I even realized at that moment um, to be a fighter mm-hmm. um, for the greater good. Um, so long you believe it, right? And so, um, again, like I said, going to school, um, I, 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 I made a point to, um, in my studies, to um, put myself in a position to uh, learn the functions of, and the nuances of, uh, not only government, but uh, how people influence and work within the government, right? Right. Um, although, I, although I've always, like I said, I've always been around it. Um, you mentioned my dad earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a little boy, um, you can imagine um, when you're around your dad, you pick up on things that he, that he is doing. Oh, yeah. Right? And so you might even uh, learn, you might learn things that they may not teach you directly. Right? Right. And so, uh, as you mentioned before, that uh, who my dad is, and you, you put it together with, with my studies, and then... Um, perhaps more importantly, um, is my experience. And that may sound crazy to say for someone who's like 27 um, years of age, um, but upon returning home from school in 2016, um, I, uh, I, I was intentional. I was intentional about coming home. Uh, I had, had opportunity to go elsewhere. Um, and I recognized that uh, unfortunately, um, a lot of my peers and those those before me, um, who grew up here in Rock Island and may have gone off to better themselves, uh, don't come back home. Not because they don't love home, um, not because they don't want to see better for Rock Island and home, but because there's an opportunity that they see, they feel they need to go to the next level. It's not here, uh-huh. right? And so. Um, once again, like, as I referred to uh, back in that fifth grade story where I talked to my peers and it was a problem for us and we understood it as a problem, but um, I took it for myself to say, you know what, it's a problem, we're going to address it this way. And so I was intentional, um, Sean, coming home because I wanted to get to work to um, help provide access and an opportunity for those after me to want to say, you know what, I want to come back home to Rock Island for graduating. Right. And not because the reason why I'm doing it. I want them to come home because for the same reason why they feel inclined to go to Chicago or Seattle or Dallas or Los Angeles because all the great opportunity. And I know we're not necessarily those places, but we, we, we have a chance to bring an opportunity um, to those who we breed here, so to speak, uh, because we have such a, such a wide and uh, vast talent pool here. Mm-hmm. Um, so many different so many different areas, uh, professions that we need to um, the leadership here in Rock Island needs to do everything we can to um, keep that here and hone those skills as we can here. So, uh, I went to work and I started a couple a couple organizations um, where um, one one is Cities Entertainment for short. Uh-huh. Uh, we uh, a couple of my, my peers. We, we found this organization where we service and we help promote those talents here that are home, right? And uh-huh. so one thing that we do, um, the, one of our first events actually was 
because in 2016, we, uh, I, I graduated from Rock Island High School, so my senior year, the, ba- the boys' basketball team won the state championship. And so, to commemorate that state championship, we did, uh, in our class reunion, the fifth year, we did a basketball shootout um, at by Rocky. And it was a great event. Uh, we opened it to the community because the community was involved in the championship, right? Mm-hmm. And so that grew into the next year, um, uh, we, we, we coordinated with Chasen um, to do his basketball camp, which uh, would have been year four this year, but uh, due to COVID, we didn't have that. Right. And so uh, that's a free basketball camp that we provide to um, the first year we had over 300 kids attend. Um, we gave them a free, free T-shirt. I said free registration. We feed them breakfast, lunch. Uh, they, we have classrooms where the kids learn about mental health, financial literacy. Um, they learn about uh, social skills. They learn about being a good student, and they learn about why it's important to be involved civically in your community, um, among other things. On top of basketball, um, and so. Uh, we, 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 we failed state woke summits where we partnered with NWCP. And so with that organization alone, my activity in the community was um, was genuine. It was it always has been to um, empower, educate, and uh, bring progress um, to those that uh, within our reach mm-hmm. and, and within the powers that we have, so to speak. And so um, professionally, uh, Sean, Because of all the work we put. 
put into the community so far and understanding the temperature of the community and also understanding how uh, the functions in which we are supposed to go to to make changes work. And so uh, that's a long way of me saying, Sean, that um, <laughs> I believe that I do have experience and I, I also know that I, I have the right I'm the right person uh, for the job at this time. Now, um, tell us, I know we kind of just went into it in regard to your experience and, and such, um, and I mentioned your dad had run for mayor, and your dad was very active in local politics. Um, I really like your dad a lot. He's a great guy, and I um, really liked a lot of aspects, particularly the populist aspects of his campaign and his politics. Um, what was it like growing up and having that sort of background, and how did that and how has that helped you gain a perspective that most people do not? Not in regard to the way city politics works and also just the intricacies of how things actually work behind the scenes and getting things done in the city. Um, so I kind of touched upon some of it earlier. Um, and really it's, it's about understanding um, that you you're, you, you got to work with people mm-hmm. and you're not working for yourself, right? Um so one example I guess you could say is, um, I, I was telling a friend this other day, um, a want is different from a need, right? Right. So I could want something so bad for the community. And I think, you know, that's what we want. But it's about knowing what we need here. Right. For the, for the community, right? And that's not always the most popular Mm-hmm. decision but that's that's the role that you're in and so um I, speaking to, to your question there um i have I, i've learned that from uh seeing it mm-hmm. right i've learned from seeing that those, some of those decisions that and i'm not saying uh right or wrong whoever who, who may feel that way right but making decision that you feel is based for the community, regardless of your personal, uh, not your personal feelings, but how you may uh, see it for you personally, if that makes sense, right? Sure, sure, um, yeah. And so I'm talking about being selfless, right. <laughs> and, um, being selfless, and um, that's what it takes to, uh, really, in my opinion, for what I, I picked up, um, among other things, right, mm-hmm. is that um, you got to be able to, to sit down with, 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 your, with your peers and understand the needs of their constituents balancing with, with your needs and seeing how it fits into the greater good of the whole community and working with and understand that you, you want to work with everyone to, to make sure that um, everyone is able to pursue the ultimate American goal of pursuit of happiness, right? Um, and so uh, I guess I, I've been real fortunate, um, at least I guess I was real fortunate to uh, grow up and see some things more firsthand mm-hmm. um, because it was polish you up as an individual. Right. Because um, w- 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 what you're around, you kind of become. What you right, listen to, right. it, you, you become, so to speak. And w- what you're in front of, you kind of mimic and all that. So it's just a natural human uh, trait we have, right? Right. Um, and so, um, as I alluded earlier to, when I talked about myself, I always knew that um, I had a, uh, I don't want to say obligation, but a calling. To service people because I, I, I sincerely love people and believe in um, equity and believe that with access that everyone.
everyone can uh, uh, work together, live together, thrive together, and be cohesive and support each other. Um, and so that, that, that's what I've been working toward. And so uh, seeing that person with my dad in, in that realm, um, I believe has helped me, um, has helped, helped my uh, maturity, so to speak, and understanding of certain things um, more than someone well, that's why I bring it up is because, um, I mean, obviously your dad uh, has, has a really positive legacy and reputation here in the city of Rock Island. A lot of people, um, myself included, think he's a, a really good guy. Um, but also the fact that you are 27, which a lot of people might look at and think, whoa, that's pretty young for a guy to be running for mayor. But the thing is, is that for a 27-year-old, given your background, given you know your father's legacy in, in terms of local politics, you're not your typical 27 year old you have seen a lot more things and experienced a lot more things and also you've gotten a lot more advice and firsthand knowledge of the way things work far more than you know your typical person who's in their mid-20s or even going into their 30s yeah i i, I, I believe that and then uh not only some of the things that i picked up I, I truly believe uh
here at Rock Island, and we had, had the super, the superintendent and the superintendent um, working with us to where in January we had went to where the school district has their, uh, I forget the name of it, but it's where, uh, so it's after, it's, it's during winter break, the teachers come back before the kids come back to prepare, right? I forget what it's called. But when we got there, uh, we got it planned out, excuse me, that we brought a lot of those local trades into that those sessions because we were, the goal we had it worked out was um, we I, we wanted to get these these uh, different uh, professions into classrooms from the elementary level to the twelfth uh, grade level, um, whether it be a math class, an English class, history class, Spanish class, to bring relevant class uh, relevant um, professional material to that class, so kids can see how it how it uh, correlates and also learn. Um, their options, right. so to speak, right? And so um, it was great because we were, we were going to be able to get into the schools and we were going to do all these different great things, then COVID happened. And right. so I'm not saying we're, we're giving up on that, but what I'm getting at is, Sean, that that is something that um, what, what I initiated, we initiated um, with our local, I mean, with our, with our officials to help further and hone those skills of negotiation working with uh, not only your political bodies, but your partners in the community, mm-hmm. right? To bring about change, it's been within the uh, within the, the power or the influence you have. Right. You follow me? And so um, that's a example, I would say, of um, me tapping to this long uh, lesson <laughs> I, I, I've been getting since, since I've been about four or five. Right. Now you mentioned, I think, and I say this too. I, I have said this to my own son: is that there is a big difference between a want and a need. And um, you know, what do you feel? I know there are a lot of things that people in Rock Island talk about wanting, and oh, I, I want this to be in town. What do you think Rock Island needs? What do you think it absolutely needs? If you could name a couple of things that you feel Rock Island um, is it has been needing and does definitely need, what would they be? Uh, for starters, we need a plan. Mm-hmm. Um, if you if you go research on our website, which needs needs, um, I think uh, it isn't user friendly. I would say um, our website. Our last strategic plan is dated 2010. Um, You're talking about the city now, website, right? Excuse me? You're talking about the city website. Yes. Okay. And so what I'm getting at is um, uh, people who may question my experience, right? Um I understand, even with those who may question my experience, I understand that uh, with any business, or not only business, with anything that you, organization or government, you gotta have a plan, right? at least, right? Um, And so, um, it's 2020 now, and in the past five years, a plan that updated, or in the past four years, in this past term. Mm-hmm. And so, what I'm getting at is, um, let's start there. Let's, have a, let's, get, let's get a strategic plan. Let's, let's work and get one done. And so, um, that's where I think, I, think, I think we need to start. But also, uh, Sean, I believe we need an anchor 
here. We need a draw. Right. We need to have something that people want to come to that isn't uh, necessarily um, something that we expect a savior to come and drop into Rock Island. Sure. Right? Um, and so, uh, that's based on 11th Street. I think we have multiple options that we, we, can, we, can, we, can, we can look into. Um, I, I, I'm a, a fan of looking into uh, sports complex center. See, I, I've been I've been a big fan of that too. Actually, I've talked about that with Mayor Tomes. Um, Mayor Tomes had mentioned something about an Olympic-sized swimming pool, and I think we all kind of lean towards our own preferences. I, being a soccer coach, you know, was kind of I always thought that having a soccer complex would be it, or something like the Betplex before it opened would have been a great idea for 11th Street. Of course, the Betplex has opened up, but then again, the Betplex is a half hour away from us in Rock Island, so. Yeah, geographically, if you were to open it up something on 11th Street, it would still service a need for this western side of the Quad Cities, not to mention any western expansion into you know Illinois or Iowa onto that side. Um, it would be closer for people to come here to Rock Island than it would to go all the way over to the Betplex on the far end of Bettendorf. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the financial uh, benefit of it, Sean, uh, Right. We'll return to after COVID. Yeah, I agree. Listen, you're preaching to the choir here because I agree with you 100% that a sports complex on 11th Street would be a a, a fantastic idea. I think that would be a draw. That would be something to draw not only local people, but you could get tournaments in there and really, you know, draw people from outside of the area. And then when you get people coming in from outside of the area, then you start getting other businesses, restaurants, uh, places like that interested in building around that complex because there are going to be people coming in and out and they're going to be looking for a place to have lunch or a place to you know grab a cup of coffee or get donuts or whatever the heck they're going to do get ice cream and so you you create that destination and that hub and then you get the other businesses that are coming in because of the people that are drawn due to that absolutely and and, and that further you're going to come up to um that's my next point, but to go along with that, uh, I think that's a draw we can help to build what I believe Rock Island could and probably should be, um, a small business hub. Mm-hmm. Um, small business alone won't um, bring the, generate the tax and the traffic that we, that we, that we would like here at Rock Island, right? right. Um, but with a draw, like, like we're getting at it, or a draw or two, that would help, like you, like, like you allude to, enhance that those small businesses, right? Which I believe we have the best of, if we are more friendly to those businesses uh, here, like I'm uh, leadership, right? Right. Um, and so, uh, and, and and that complex, uh, it, I mean, if it's a complex, it, it could be more than a complex. Um, it could, it could have a movie theater. Mm-hmm. Um, so all I'm getting at is, um, we need to look at options that uh, we can invest in um, here. Because when you invest something, you get the return of it. Right. right? Um, at least, it may not be immediately, but over over time, especially with the right um, investment. Right. right? Um, and so, uh, that's it. Those are two things I would say um, that, we, that we would need. On top of, um, we gotta we, we gotta 
re-look at um, our budget to see how we are allocating things to make sure we are addressing um, needs like our parks, like our roads. Um, um, and we can also expand our, our relationships we have here um, with our school district. I don't think we, I don't think the city has one much, if at all. Um, and also, we have a great university here that I think we can we can have we can expand our partnerships upon um, with the great the students we have. Right. And so, um, those are several things that I have on my, on my in depth platform. <laughs> huh. um, but uh, uh, I guess I guess I'm getting at is um, in a nutshell, um, leadership strong, vibrant, um, excited, passionate leadership that truly believes in Rock Island and Rock, Rock Islanders um, and what we can bring to the table and and be the champions of and leaders of the Quad Cities. Now that was that kind of touches upon a lot of the questions I had down here to ask you. One of which was obviously the 11th Street area. That's been just a boondoggle since uh, the city overextended itself in trying to lure Walmart in, which I felt was a gigantic mistake. Um, how did you feel about that when the city went ahead and tried to do that and they um, spent all that money um, to to try and get Walmart in? I know uh, I've talked to to Mike Tomes, the current mayor, about that. And he felt while he wasn't entirely on board with them doing that, the end result was that the the area is now cleared out and it's ready for development. So that was a positive development to come from it. Um, what were your feelings in regard to that? And is there anything else that you'd like to elaborate on in regard to the expansion of 11th Street as a commercial, a potential commercial hub and uh, a boon to the city uh, in regard to helping out with the tax burden? Sure. Yeah. No um, I believe that Walmart in that location was not the best, um, and and I didn't personally I didn't think it fit the community. Mm-hmm. Uh, Walmart didn't. Um, when, I, when I when I go to most Walmarts, you got a, a Chili's, you got a movie theater, you got a Burger King, you got all your places next to them, right? Right. Uh-huh. That are there, and where will all the people go? Right, and that may have played a, a part in um, what I believe Walmart's decision to. I mean, I don't think they ever were coming, but, but decision for them not to come potentially on top of other factors, of course. But um, I think I, I would agree with Mayor Tomlin. He says that um, the end result is an open space to uh, to build upon and to capitalize upon. But I get back to the, my my uh, my point of we need a plan. Um, we need to have some kind of plan for that open space versus um, understanding that we have this opportunity. So, what plan do you have? What plan would you bring to the table, or is that a case of like you'd have to research it further to to f- really get a, a better feel for what would be the best plan for that space? So, my team and I. Uh, we have several options. One we move to that we believe will be the sports complex. Um, but 
Not but. While we're, while, while we, we're looking at that, we're, we're looking at a little different stuff from our end because um, one thing we're working on is a strategic plan to, for Rock Island. Mm-hmm. Um, not to say that that would be the plan, right? But nonetheless, it's a plan that is prepared based off how myself and my team and, and who we who we reach um, views what Rock Island could be and should be. And so uh, I, I don't think it's one thing, but I think we, we, we should look at I think some of the options that I alluded to in the sports complex, movie theater, I think something that fits the community that will bring revenue <laughs> directly to Rock Island versus a Walmart would not bring much tax incentive here. No, it wouldn't. Um, they, 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 they wanted TIF money yep, exactly. and all these other corporation taxes that they get. How much How much money will we actually see from that? How, yeah. much, how they, much Rock Island receiving from that? They pay their employees so poorly. So, yeah, I agree with you 100%. On, I and was so, not a big fan of the Walmart idea. Whatever it is, I want to make sure we're getting a return. I understand it's going to be an investment, but we're going to get the return. And not necessarily us, Sean, but my nephews. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, if you have kids and you're, if you have grandkids, and yeah, yeah, sure. those will see the those will see the biggest return. But it's our job to invest in it properly so that we can see those returns. Right. Um, you alluded to um, this a little bit, and obviously. You know, if you agree with uh, the current mayor, then you wouldn't be running yourself. What do you think um, Mike Tomes has done well? What do you think he's done right during his term as mayor? And what do you disagree with that he he may have done or not done? And how would you do it differently if you were to defeat him and take over as mayor of Rock Island? with our business partners, 
which I don't think we are overall. Um, I think we uh, we we don't really have any options for our business partners and prospects, which hurts our community as a whole. Um, and so uh, I don't want to get into what Mike uh, has and has and or has not done necessarily. But I would like I, I would I'm more interested in. No, I'm, I'm not even asking this, but uh, as for me. Uh, Sean, mm-hmm. um, I believe that um, I bring, I, I bring uh, the knowledge, the the will to work, um, and the understanding and the leadership that is necessary to um, bring out the best of Rock Island and uh, bring out the opportunity and the access to the opportunity that is necessary here. Um, not because of me, Sean, necessarily. Because um, everything that I've done so far um, has been through my networks and my my willingness and, and me being able to um, collaborate and work with people to get things done. Um, results bring about results. Um, how do you? How much? And I've talked to Mike about this before. Is um, although obviously. There are full-time hours that are often put in. Technically, the position of Rock Island Mayor is a part-time position, which I find to be very very odd, given the size of the city and the scope of the responsibilities of the position. Do you feel that the Rock Island mayoral position should be compensated commensurate to the hours required and also should be a te- technically a full-time position? I, I do. I think that the Rock Island Mayor should be technically a full-time position. It, it's kind of odd to me that um, you know there are a number of full-time positions within the city, and that the mayor, the one who is ostensibly the leader of all of them, is not among them. <laughs> how, how do you feel about that? Interesting. Um, the, the work does require a full-time work. Uh, I agree. It does. Um, I guess I get into the um, the beauty of the job, how it's set up right now. I'm, I'm not sad. I disagree necessarily that that it should not be a full time or considered a full time job necessarily. But because it's not, Sean, because it's a part time job, and um, it is such an important job, um, a special person has to be able and willing to do that job. Sure. Right, right. I get that. Yeah. Uh, it's it's um, my first year coaching, Sean, um, at Rocky. At Rocky, I volunteered, and I was not a mayor, but I didn't I didn't think about getting paid. Yeah. I, what I was doing, right? Um, all the work that I, I did with Tennessee's Entertainment, um, spending hours of making, sh- we literally pressed shirts ourselves. We, we everything we created from the wristbands to the shirts. Um, everything we did, Sean, for three, for over 500 people, including our volunteers, myself and my team, we did it ourselves. So that means staying up long hours, planning everything. We we we, we invested money into into it, right? We didn't. We, we I, I not got paid for that. Initially. You follow what I'm saying? Yeah. Sure. The resolution work. All those meetings I go into, we, I go into with my partners to meet with our local officials and our state representatives and our federal officials. And the work we do behind the scenes to make sure we're being accountable and transparent behind the work we're doing and the results we're getting, 
in the dialogue we're having or not having, that's, that's been reported. All my, if you follow me, it's been reported on the resolution, everything. That is not, all that time, um, that takes real time. Right. <laughs> that takes real work, right? But I'm not compensated for that. But I do offer Sean, I still coach. I still make my my appointments for work. Um, I still I still am a full, full I still have a full time job. So I'm getting that. And I, I still am required to do everything I'm required to do to survive. You follow what I'm saying? Yeah. And so what I'm getting at is, um, that's for me. Um, running for mayor, um, is about the work that I believe I can do with the the, with the, with the connections and the network that not, not only I have that I, that I will grow and the, the, um, the, that that people who those connections are who they have. Right. Right. And so, um, it's about the work, and, that, and that's why I believe um, my knowledge for it is atypical. What we talked about before for a twenty-seven-year-old, atypical for I mean, my knowledge, my insight. Um, but I still have the energy of a twenty-seven-year-old. Right. <laughs> and I still have. I'm still willing to work so as such, and my work, Sean, um, won't will not uh, correlate with. When I'm paid, sure, at all. Well, um, and I think my my track record shows that based based off of the work that I I kind of touch upon here that I do here, um, that I've done several times and on a daily basis, um, because not because of the pay, right. and not because of anything else other than uh, the importance of the work beyond myself. I guess the reason I bring it up is because I. I you know, regardless of any of our passions in terms of things, and I certainly, uh, you know, I'm with you there. I bet I've been a coach now for almost a decade, and I, I've never gotten a one one cent from it. So I totally get you there, and I volunteered for a number of things in the community and have not made any money on it. But you do it for the passion, you do it for the love of it. But from a practical standpoint, you know, we only have 24 hours in a day, and everybody's got bills to pay, everybody's got a mortgage or rent to pay, they got to buy food, they got to take care of their family, and so if the mayor is a part-time job and you're not making enough money to make ends meet within your life within, to meet the practical needs of your life, you've got to take another job and you've got to have another full-time job. And then if you add the 40 hours of work in another job on top of the hours of being a mayor, that's a whole lot of workload, whereas if the job was a full-time job, then the person wouldn't have to worry about diluting their, their energies on other full-time employment and could spend all of their time working on the issues of being the mayor of the city and not have to worry about still making ends meet and helping to support their family. That's my whole point no, in regard definitely. to that. No, um, and I, I agree 100% what you're saying with that. Um, and I understand that, that argument. Uh, I mean, that is valid. And like I said, I might just say I, just, I disagree. Um, but I also, um, and this probably just me getting back to uh, my understanding of a city manager government from those talks I've had with my dad from a long time ago and also my studies, right? Uh -huh. um, but, uh, and you know this too, I'm not, of course yeah, you know, sure. but uh, our, our city, and that's why the, the mayor-city manager relationship is important. Right. Um, it's critical. Because um, the city manager is a full-time job. And, yes, it is. Uh, yeah. that, that relationship um, is important because the city manager helps articulate that, vi that vision that um, the mayor... Uh, or or, or or uh brings about right, right? or sees right um and so um i'm not disagreeing with what you're saying at all um it's understanding but that but it's also a um 
other things that go into with that. Uh, you know, city tax guys have to pay for that, which may not be may not be a problem. But um, how it's set up now, uh, that relationship with the city manager would be really important, and, and the work of that city manager is also important, um, and cannot be uh, devalued. I guess. Right. Let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, obviously we both agree. We've both uh, been uh, citizens of Rock Island, uh, lived here for, for a long time, and a um, couple decades at least. And uh, we, we both know that, you know, property taxes and rising property taxes here in Rock Island have, have been a problem. And a lot of people, um, that's a real turnoff to folks in terms of buying a home in Rock Island is, um, you know, having the higher property taxes. And one of the ways in which the property taxes can be lowered are by bringing in more businesses that will um, expand and diversify the tax base and bring more money into the city coffers so and the county coffers as well, since the county is the one that, that uh, tallies up the, at, that uh, uh, levies the, the taxes for, for property. So the more, the more businesses are brought into the county, um, the less our tax burden is going to be. How do you as mayor intend to help bring in more businesses? And as a subset of that, sub-questions of that, how can you bring in more locally owned businesses? How can you bring in more minority owned businesses? How can you bring in more national chain businesses? Because you look at whenever there's a discussion of oh, we've got to bring Trader Joe's to the Quad Cities or Portillo's or Costco or whatever. There's always this big uh, you know, uh, movement online to bring these businesses in, but nobody ever, ever mentions them being in Rock Island. It's always in Davenport, maybe in Moline, but usually in Davenport, never in Rock Island. You never see them saying, oh, you know what? 11th Street would be a great spot for a Trader Joe's or a Costco or or Portillo's or whatever. Um, how do you turn that around? How do how do we here in Rock Island get businesses like that? And again, going back, how do we get more? How do we support more locally owned businesses and minority owned businesses? All right, we kind of alluded this earlier, I believe too. Um, for some reason, we have, we're not friendly. Rock Island, our relationship is we're not friendly. Um, with our, with business partners and prospects, mm-hmm. um, uh, I was in a different state, so we are in a funny position because we uh, have to compete with uh, their their taxes, so to speak. Right. Yeah. Um, and so uh, <coughs> it and it's easier, more cost effective for some, some instances. Uh, jump shit so they can go to Iowa. Right. Right? Um, but most people don't want to do that, though, Sean. Most both businesses, most businesses I speak with and I, I've met and I'm um, sure I will meet don't want to leave. Right. Uh, they love it over here. They want to be over here. So they see the opportunity we have for them to be a partner and help bring about the next bigger business that, you, that you're talking about. Right. right. Um, and so we have to look what we can do to provide incentives and reasons for people to stay, right? And we have space here. We have a lot of abandoned uh, spaces here, space 
Sure. Uh, Sean, that if we were open-minded enough um, and uh, thoughtful enough, as I alluded to before, um, a lot of our talent that leaves to get to get better doesn't come back here. Right. Right. Uh, why can't we give people get those get that talent who goes off um, to school to become the next uh, business owner? Why can't we give them some kind of incentive to start up? I agree with one hundred percent. I was I said that when the whole Walmart thing came up. I'm like, why are we giving a bunch of carpetbaggers in the Walton family millions of dollars in TIF money and tax incentives? Why don't we spend that on people who actually live here? Why don't we give local business people tax incentives? Why don't we give locals who are interested in opening businesses or settling down here tax incentives? Because they actually contribute to the local economy. They buy houses here, they build families here, they want the school districts to be top-notch, and they contribute to the tax base, as opposed to a monolithic corporation which just steals from the community, gives very little back other than low wages, and then expects the community to, to shoulder the burden of the maintenance of that property in the area around it. I agree. Which yeah. also helps with taxes. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> um, I, I, yeah. I my population that. has been declining since I've been born, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know what I am now, and so uh, that gets back to my overall reaching plan. I've, get, I've alluded to on to the, our this discussion is investing in Rock Island, mm-hmm. believing in Rock Island, Rock Islanders, um, and so um, we gotta be more. We gotta be more creative with how we incentivize partners we have here now and the prospects um and also um one, one thing i would like to do is excuse me i would like to um w- work with small business owners to uh um create a task force of small business owners who will work collectively to strategically map out and address relevant concerns with city officials because uh-huh. that would help us understand the needs. <laughs> we talked about right. needs once before, right? Now we're not assuming. We're understanding because we have that that direct uh, correlate, uh, uh, conversation and, 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 and uh, interaction. Um, and also create uh, an atmosphere where those our small business owners can... Um, Help nurture the growth of our of of, of uh, future small business owners, so to speak. And so, I believe we have a community here that um, could do that and would love to do that um, because they understand the importance of um, expanding and the growth that, that is needed um, here beyond uh, oneself, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk a little bit about the downtown area, um, the for the area formerly known as the district, but is no longer known known as the district. Obviously, there's been. Um 
a lot of controversy in regard to some of the disorderly conduct and things of that nature that have taken place down there um, that has not helped the public perception of the city. Um, Mayor Tomes, now as mayor, obviously, you are also the liquor commissioner, which is uh, which is a power that you can wield to shape um, the area uh, as well as the city. And Mayor Tomes um, decided to close the bars at 2 a.m. rather than 3 a.m. Now, if you were mayor, would you do the same thing? Would you have the bars closed at 2 or 3? What would you do to combat um, any of the negative things that are happening that, that lead to a negative perception of the downtown area? And how would you revitalize the downtown area? Because you're, you're only 27, but surely you remember when you were a teenager and younger, the district was the place to be. I mean, we had awesome festivals down there and live music, and it was just a, a, a cool place to go. How do you re rebuild that and revitalize that area, which was once such a vibrant hub, not just for Rock Island, but for the Quad Cities? Um, I mean, as complex as that is, um, I believe it's, we, we got to work with our business partners we have down there, mm -hmm. right? Um, and so one, one thing, Sean, that um, and we, we're looking to do with my team is, is looking to a study, um, a study of uh, are, do, do, are more things happening between that 2 and 3 o'clock hour? Is that when the trouble is? Um, because if it is, then that taking that hour away may make sense. Right. Right? But if it isn't, that's just a reaction. You follow me? Um, to that hour. Because one thing that I have uh, learned and I um, and speaking with some of our business owners we have down the district, um, Due to there not being many incentives or mainly uh, or a friendly relationship with our business, our businesses, so to speak, here, um, one of the only incentives that they have is at three o'clock hour. Right. That's what I've I, I've heard different things. I've talked to different people. Some people have said. A lot of them have said that, yeah, that hour between 2 and 3 a.m. is problematic. Um, but they've given me different reasons for that. Now, some people have said it's because the folks from Iowa come over to get in an extra hour of drinking, and they bring some of the problems with them. Other people have said that it's underage kids that go down there, and they're the ones who are causing some of the, some of the problems. Some of the business owners I've talked to are all for it. Yeah, close it down at 2 o'clock. But a lot of those business owners tend to close earlier than two, whereas some of the other business owners, such as, you know, well, Billy Bob's is no longer, unfortunately, but some of the clubs like that that are open till three, they like having that extra hour because it helps their business numbers. Absolutely. And so, and that's why I want to understand what the, what the problem is, mm -hmm. if it is that time. It right? is a complex then you, issue, then, yeah. then you can make an informed decision um, based off of that. And we have not found that that, that uh, data or research, mm -hmm. right? Um, and so, uh, ultimately, uh, Sean, I do remember uh, the live the liveliness of the district uh, when I was younger, um, and 
enjoy it. <laughs> probably, <I don't. laughs> most, most people probably could. Uh, I remember it. I actually lived, I used to live down in the district, actually, uh -huh. um, um, in apartments. Um, but uh, we, we, we also have a lot of that talent here. I'm looking at your Facebook page here, um, which is um, Thurgood for Rock Island Mayor. Those of you who are interested, um, the email here is friends4, it's number four, friends for Thurgood at thurgoodrimayor.com. Thurgoodrimayor.com is your website. Um, and here on the Facebook, you've got um, join us this Sunday for the QC Empowerment Network's Open Air Market. Sunday, October 4th, 4 to 7 p.m., downtown Davenport Farmer's Market. Do you think that there's some there's a, a potential and a possibility for something like that happening in downtown Rock Island? Having a downtown far, farmer's market in Rock Island. Having things like that. Open air market. Obviously, um, Moline, the Mercado, has been extremely successful, um, particularly within uh, the Hispanic community. And that's been an, that was a very underserved community um, over on the east side of the Quad Cities. East Moline, Moline, there's a larger Hispanic community and Mercado on 5th has done a terrific job of providing a need for that. Um, do you think that it would be a good idea for Rock Island um, to look into doing something that, doing an open air market um, to be able to better serve um, our own uh, our own needs here in Rock Island and the audience in Rock Island who's looking for something like that? Absolutely, Sean. Um, and we've been catching on some of your questions touch upon my extensive platform um, that I um, look forward to sharing um, throughout the campaign. Um, but we talk, about, we talk about the district, right? Mm -hmm. um, and one thing I believe we could do um, on top of helping out, bringing incentives to those, to, to those people who, to those, to the town we have in Rock Island that wants to come back, um, whether that's a food truck, whether that's some kind of truck, whether it's a bit, uh, actual uh, building uh, space, um, but I 
believe we could we could look at hosting a small business Saturday right. in the district from April, and we can do that from the spring to the fall. Yeah, every Saturday. I agree. And, and that that brings people to the district. Yep. That brings a family atmosphere to the district. Yep. Um, and it brings people together for <laughs> within our community while bringing a financial benefit to our community, right? And so that's something I believe that we could do um, upon, but again, that again takes um, a relationship with our small businesses um, that is not necessarily favorable, but a working relationship that is a cohesive and uh, understanding um, to bring about uh, the needs of everybody. Right. Well, I think that'd be fantastic. And the other thing that um, it, Rock Island is really, it's one of the most diverse of all the Quad Cities. And to me, Absolutely. I grew up in Chicago, I, I grew up in Chicago, and when I first moved out to the Quad Cities, I'd never been to the Quad Cities before in my life. I moved out here to take a job at the Rock Island Argus. And um, I had my pick of the cities to live in. I could have li- moved into any of the cities. And I chose Rock Island specifically because having grown up in Chicago and around Chicago, Rock Island felt the most like a city to me. It was the most diverse of, of the Quad Cities. It just had that kind of combination of urban and bohemian vibe that I really think is is awesome. And that's why I decided to buy a house here. Um how do how do we you know get that across to people and and you know celebrate that and utilize that as a draw um, to to the city to Rock Island? Well, first you gotta embrace it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> first I agree. you have to accept it and acknowledge it as perhaps what I believe that's our that's our best quality. That's I agree with you. Our diversity. Um, wow. I cannot imagine um, some of the experiences that some of the friends that I have in college, I've been in college, right? How they grew up, uh, the lack of diversity. Man, I could not imagine not having that. And right. so I'm forever grateful for growing up like I am and having that. And so um, if, if we expanded upon that and embrace that, excuse me, um, our diversity, that will, <laughs> I believe, bring about more opportunities bring about more attraction to our city. Mm. Um, bring, you, 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 you mentioned the festival that used to have happen in uh, the district. Yeah. Yep. One is Jamaica My Weekend. Yep, Jamaica, Gumbo Yaya, lots of great people, stuff. Yeah, people wanted to come to those things and they look forward to them every year, not because, uh, uh, because it's something that they do every day, right. or they see all the time. It's the diverse and the different yep. difference of the culture and what, what, what comes with it and the, the, what, what, what it brings out. Exactly. You follow me? Yes. And I we have it. that and more throughout the city here in Rock Island that if we had a relationship with, and that's what I talked about before, um, representing all of Rock Island, if we made it our business to learn about more about uh, diverse and different cultures that we have here, and they are business to help uh, bring about uh, celebrating it, like you said. Yeah, we we can really begin to see the fruits of Rock Island begin to expand and grow um, 
in such a uh, dynamic way. Well, I'm just thinking, thinking of, and I've thought about this before. I mean, I mentioned this to Mike, Mike Mayor, Mike Tomes before as well. Is um, I think that that's a fantastic idea, the open air market, and I think another thing I mentioned to him is something like every weekend in the you know during the the warm weather months, having kind of a taste of Rock Island. You look at okay, just the the restaurants that are down in the district. You got Soy Two, which is serving up Thai food. Um, you've got you know Ribco and and Big Swing, which are traditional you know pub and grub stuff. You've got Huckleberries, which is Italian, um, but also so then you go up the street and you got curry out which is indian in the the, the college hill district you got peewees which has great soul food you've got um uh Loran Charita and a number of other mexican restaurants you've really got a fantastic yeah you've got a fantastic variety of um different international cuisines and different kind of foods all right here in Rock Island and if you could bring all those things together in that setting, in that one setting on a regular basis um, I think that would be a real draw. I mean, you know, people looking for something, like you mentioned, the reason why those festivals worked is because they were unlike any other festival. It wasn't just a bunch of people standing around listening to music and drinking beer. It was, you know, you make my weekend, had a very distinct distinct feel and flavor to it. Gumbo Yaya had a very distinct flavor and feel to it. It wasn't just, you know, the same old, same old. And I think that's what, you know, Rock Island really needs to embrace is its strength in diversity and the things that it can offer um, that none of the other Quad Cities can perhaps match. Absolutely. And some of of our partners who um, we do some good work with um, the community gardens and whatnot. I, 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 I wonder if we can get, if we happen to get some restaurants mm-hmm. <laughs> from from people who, or if we educated, or if, if there was an idea, we understand that if there's a, a desire to do so. You know, I think that plays into what you're getting at, um, and what, what I believe as well, um, playing into and capitalizing on our diversity um, in every way we can. Right. Now, how do you, how do we combat the negative stereotypes and perceptions of Rock Island? Because we all know that they're out there, and I mean, I get them from people where, you know, I live in Rock Island, I've lived in Rock Island for 20 years now, um, and I, I still, I've never really experienced, you know, the, the people will say, so, oh, well, Rock Island's so crime-ridden and blah, 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 and I'm always like, uh, okay, I've never, you know, knock wood, <laughs> I've never experienced any, I've never seen anything in Rock Island that's been anywhere near as, uh, you know, um, ominous and as when I, you know, where I grew up around Chicago, that's for sure, and then, you know, you look at, uh, you look at, um, you know, a lot of the other cities in the Quad Cities, Davenport has crime, Moline has crime, and gasp, Benton Bettendorf has crime too. I know everyone thinks of Bettendorf as being, you know, a, a, a mythical kingdom, but they have crime there too. I mean, there's crime in every city. So, how do we combat these negative perceptions about Rock Island? That Rock Island is is such a, a tough and difficult city, um, and people, you know, shy away from coming over here. Yep. Um, Rock Island, as you 
mentioned is the most diverse city in the Quad Cities. Um, and that, that may or may not play a role or a factor into why we have this perception, um, one, one could argue. Um, but also I think what we could do, um, whether or not that is a, a reason, is uh, promote and market what we have here in Rock Island. Right. Um, I don't, I think we can do a better job in that business. I agree. Um, we, we allow other people to tell our narrative. Yep. Of who we are. Um, it's our job to control our narrative, not to be biased, but be truthful. And if we are truthful with our behind our narrative, people will, uh, be receptive to that. Talk about crime. Um, the numbers my team just uh, sent to me, and we've been looking at um, behind crime. About one percent of the crime here in Rock Island is uh, violent or of a, of a physical manner. Sure. All other of the crime is property based or something along those lines. Right, right, right. Um, you can walk any, you can walk any section of Rock Island. I do sometimes, any time of night, and it's quiet as ever. Yeah. Um. And so, um, we know better here in Rock Island, um, but we just have to do a better job of uh, bragging about ourselves, mm-hmm. so to speak. <laughs> Two darn horn. Um, in, in general, I know that's not always the best thing to do as an individual, but um, I think we have some, some things here in Rock Island. I know there's things in Rock Island that we could be we could be proud of mm-hmm. and uh, brag about. Now, you are a millennial. Um, I'm not. I'm Generation X. So, um, But one of the things I find interesting, and I found this, um, I, I had done some research, and I'd seen this, I'd seen an article about this online. One of the main considerations in regard to millennials looking for a place to live is the diversity of the place that they want to move. Millennials want more diversity. They want a place that has more diversity. I don't think that Rock Island, I think Rock Island has not been properly marketed to millennials as a destination place for them, not just in the Quad Cities, but beyond the Quad Cities, so that when people are moving into this area, they look at Rock Island as the most diverse option, as the most attractive option, where they can find a nice house and something that has a lot of character for not that much money. And so, um, how does the city how does the city do a better job in regard to marketing to the millennial generation? Generation, um, that this is this is a great place to live. Your generation, Thurgood. Come on, give me a good answer. <laughs> <laughs> all the pressure for I, I know. I know. Right I put it on you. I, I'm a Gen Xer, man. I know, I know how it is. It's, it's a great place to live. I've been living here for a while. But how do you do it? How do you how do you market to your own generation to get them to to, to move here and just you know see that this is a great city. Touche, touche, they're good. So I, I guess what I've alluded to in this whole conversation, it, it was in my platform, is some of the reasons. I, I spoke about the lack of opportunity. Uh-huh. Um, I spoke about a lot of my peers who move off and um, work elsewhere. They don't do it because they necessarily want to leave Buck Island. They love Buck Island. But what can we do? And or, or what is there for us to do for opportunity? So, uh, 
having a leader, a leadership, because um, I know I, as a mayor, I, I don't have this magical power to change everything alone. Right. Right. But um, having a, a leadership that is uh, has a vision that is uh, forward thinking um, and open minded to change, um, and not uh, not a uh, entire change from the bottom up. Right, necessarily, but the proper change that it, that it would take to promote ourselves and market ourselves in a, such a way that uh, the true uh, character and identity of Rock Island is is put out, um, so that way we can continue to to um, keep the talent we have here and reach out and expand upon that uh, talent. Because, like you said, um, although I'm a, I'm a millennial, um, it's not an accident. Or it's more than one reason why uh, millennials want to move to diverse areas. Mm-hmm. Um, our, our education here at Island uh, is, uh, in my opinion, second to none. People, people don't give our, our school district enough credit for the work that um, we do and the amount of natural, national mayor honor scholars we have on an annual basis. Mm-hmm. Um, but on top of that, the diversity that you, that you get um, within, within that education, people move when they move, they look at the schools. One of the first things they look at, right? Right. Um, I believe people want their kids to have a diverse experience because we understand that the world is not uh, just one identity. Right. It's a collection of uh, bodies. And if you're, if you're a student, if you can learn that um, from an from, uh, initial start and experience that and, and enjoy that, um, that is what America really is. Right, I agree. Um, another thing I think, and, and we've touched upon this, this is something that uh, we at QuadCities.com, uh, we are at this point the dominant news source for entertainment and pop culture news uh, features in the Quad Cities. The Times doesn't do anything to cover entertainment anymore. Um, you know, the, the, the reader has, has been greatly diminished throughout once a month, and they have like a handful of stories per month, and that's about it. We have um, up to a dozen stories every day about entertainment, features, uh, positive news, people doing great things in the Quad Cities. And I, as a resident of Rock Island, have made a special effort to make sure that Rock Island is positively represented in our media outlet. Now, I used to work for the Rock Island Argus. I was there until the Argus shut down in 2008. Since 2008, there has not been a regular media outlet in Rock Island covering and dedicated mostly to Rock Island. You mentioned controlling the narrative. You mentioned, you know, putting forth a positive narrative in regard to the city as opposed to letting others control it. How important do you think it is for the city um, to have a media outlet here in Rock Island or to, to, you know, make an effort to really put forth that positive narrative and be able to cover the city in a way that it, you know, is lacking in terms of getting positive news about Rock Island out there. I think that's critical. And um, as, as kind of we talked about a little bit earlier as well, um, with what well, I mentioned, I alluded to it, I should say, uh, our, how much more user-friendly our website could be. Um, that is a great tool, I think, to um, help market. Right. As well as our social medias. 
great tool to market. And uh, on top of understand the need of having something someone here something here more regularly like the, the artist was. Um, as far as the city, um, I believe we should, we should use the tools that we have mm-hmm. um, and make it a point to, like I said before, brag about ourselves and find any way possible to um, bring about what's going on in Rock Island and the good in Rock Island um, at all times right? in, in, in the class that we have. Well, well, we at QuadCities.com and the On Digital Media Network, uh, which is a locally owned media company here in Rock Island, um, would be happy to, to team up with you in regard to that to help put, uh, bring about a, a Rock Island-specific media entity to help, um, to help foster a more positive image of Rock Island. And we've been trying to do so as much as possible within QuadCities.com, but we're certainly open for more discussions to try and help make that happen and to try to present a more positive picture of the city. I agree. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta have a great narrative. Um, not that we don't want to, not that we don't have a great narrative. We gotta make sure that narrative is out there. Yes. Um. Well, we've had a very extensive and interesting conversation. Is there anything we have not talked about that you wanted to bring up that you think is really important for people to know who are out there thinking about voting for you for mayor? Uh, having have, have such an impact on Rock Island. 
Awesome. Thorogood, I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, how your campaign progresses, and I hope that you come back on the show um, closer to closer to next April uh, to talk a little bit more about uh, where you guys are at and, and some of the things that you've learned in your travels throughout the city and um, some more uh, elements of your platform. Does that sound like a good idea? That sounds awesome. You uh, let us know, and um, we'll, we'll be glad to come back on. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Again, Thurgood Brooks, um, we will uh, have the link to his website here on quadcities.com on our page for uh, QC Uncut. The link to his social media, it's um, thurgoodrimayor.com is his website. Look at Thurgood, T-H-U-R-G-O-O-D for R.I. Mayor on Facebook. And again, the links are right here uh, on your uh, QC Uncut page here on quadcities.com. Once again, we want to thank our guest. Thurgood Brooks. Oh, and by the way, say hi to your dad for me and tell him I'm I'm glad to hear uh, see that he's doing better uh, health wise. I will do that. Thank you. I'll do that. I appreciate that. Thanks again for being a guest on the show. Thank you. YouTube. And thank you for listening to QC Uncut. Uncut, unedited, uncensored conversation with local newsmakers. Our guest today has been Thurgood Brooks. He's running for mayor of Rock Island. Check out ThurgoodRIMayor.com for more information on him. And uh, keep on tuning in to QC Uncut for the best in uncut, unedited, uncensored conversation with area newsmakers. I'm your host, Sean Leary. Have a great day.